0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. So, are you ready for the word this morning? Yeah. All right. So, tomorrow is Monday. And, you know... There's a lot said in our world about Monday. First of all, let me preface that I I think 99.9999% of the things that are said about Mondays are absolute garbage. Because what the Word says about Monday, the same as any other day, is that that is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, there is an alternative to not having to face Monday. You could die on Sunday. I mean, just just trying to help the thought processes and the logic here that we employ sometimes. But there's there's a lot said about Monday and, you know, how horrible they are and how bad we miss the weekend and how badly we dread to see Monday's coming. And, you know, there's an interesting caveat here, though, that while society and the rigors of this life have taught us that this is a day to be loathed and, and just kind of, you know, down in the dumps about because you're having to leave the weekend and start a new week, there's also a lot that hangs on Monday. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you're this way or not, but I'm often in conversation with people who are going to start something afresh come Monday. It's, it's just the reset point. As a matter of fact, I was reading, I was thinking about this subject of the new year coming in and all these fresh starts and new beginnings. I ran across this journal article uh, that is titled this. Mondays and January 1st are, really are the best days for setting new goals. Mondays and January 1st really are the best days for setting new goals. They're these psychological reset points. A fresh start, so to speak. A place where we can realize the value of a clean slate and shed ourselves of the disappointments, the shortcomings of yesterday, and greet each new chapter with a fresh note of optimism. How many of you ever just get up Monday morning with every intent of conquering the world before the week is through? Yeah. I am happy. This thrills me so good. Because based on the title of this article, Nothing thrills me more today than to point out to you that not only is tomorrow January 1st, New Year's Day, but it's also a Monday. Can I just say that the odds are in your favor? The odds are in your favor for success. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them, this is my year. I didn't hear a lot of conviction in that. So I'm going to ask you to look at your other neighbor and tell them with assurance, this is my year. You know, I take that opportunity for some lightheartedness this morning. But the truth is that, you know, uh, God is not confined to the pages of a calendar. He's not bound by the name of a day. It doesn't matter if it's Monday or Wednesday. It doesn't matter if it's January 1st or May 22nd when if you have, you know, if you and I will lean into God and lean into his grace and lean into his provision and lean into his divine person, we will find that God is not confined by any of these things. And the minute that we say, God, I'm releasing yesterday and I'm going to move into your tomorrow, then we will find out that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that we ask or think. I want to just challenge you with this. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, well, so what? Tomorrow's January 1st. I I've done the whole resolution thing. I've, you know, I've made the promises to myself. I've made the promises to my family. I've made the promises to God. And it just seems like by the third week or so in January, you know, or maybe the third day, those things have kind of petered out a little bit. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of over it. And, you know, it's just, uh, I just, I'm going to save myself the heartache and the disappointment. But I want to just encourage you today that if you don't have goals ahead of you, if you don't have goals ahead of you that scare you just a little bit or cause you a sense of discomfort, there's a good chance that you're not pursuant of God's very best for your life. I, 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 don't, I don't say in all sincerity, if, if you and I are not looking forward to some things that cause us just a little bit of trepidation, And I'm not saying that you've got to do something crazy or outlandish. I'm just saying if you're not looking ahead and seeing a future that is so much greater than your potential as a person, as a human being, if you're not looking at something that has to factor in a miracle or some divine providence or some supernatural strength being infused into your life then you're not dreaming big enough it doesn't matter if it's physical goals or spiritual goals or whatever it is if you're not dreaming to that level i don't think that you're dreaming enough and that's not just my thought i believe that's what we see as we compare our lives against the promises of god as found in the scripture I'm only going to say this once. I believe that God has so much more for each of us than we've ever imagined. I I know sometimes it's hard to consider life, that it should be anything more than the routines it has become, and there are some who would argue that my assertion is incorrect. I I understand that. But I believe that, that that argument is often born of frustration and fear. I believe that argument is often, you know, comes from the, from the mouths of those who have tried and failed. Those who are more in love with their comforts than they are with the leading of the Holy Spirit. I believe that comes from people who idolize the way things used to be above the way things need to be. And here's a, here's a surprise for you and I this morning. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise to us, but oftentimes it is is that when we set our sights on God's best for our lives, and we become pursuant of what his plan is for us, we have have sought, we have discerned and understood the will of the Lord. Maybe we don't know it in full, but we know what the next step is, and we are on that Cusp of stepping out of what we've known and what we're comfortable with into the next thing that God has for us that exceeds our abilities and our resources, we're going to face fierce battles. There's a tension. There's a tension. We we can make this as rosy as we want to make it. But the scripture is clear that when it comes to the walk of faith, when it comes to the life of faith, when it comes to following God, there is a tension that abides. There's a tension that abides in my faith. There, there are times when God is calling us to greater things, when God is calling us to places of faith, when God is calling us to places of sacrifice, when God is calling us to places where it seems to the natural eye that we are at risk. I mean, if you know, sometimes you have to let go of what you have in order to cling to what God wants to give you. And there's a tension in that. It's hard to let go. Everybody says, let go and let God. Well, that's easier said than done. Because there's a tension in that letting go. Because God is calling you to greater things, but your flesh is warring for comfort. God's calling you to greater things, but the enemy is warring to hinder you. He's affirming your insecurities. He's pointing out your inadequacy. And the propensity of the natural man in the face of the challenges that, that we face when pursuing the things of faith is to just remain in the place of comfort. And, and we have this mistaken expectation that some, and somehow we're caught off guard when these things come to pass in our lives. It, it seems that we believe that one day we're going to decide to do or to be a certain thing because we resolved that that's how it's going to be and it's just going to happen. There are some of you today, you're sitting in a place, you've made a promise to yourself, you've made a vow to God that in the year of our Lord, 2024, this is going to be the year that you are going to blank. And somewhere, erroneously, I add, you have, you have developed this thought in your mind that with the stroke of the clock on, on December 31 between 11.59 p.m. and 12 a.m. on January 1, that something mystical and magical is going to happen to your life. And you're just going to magically be transformed into what it is that you've resolved yourself to be. I'm going to tell you today, hate to bust your bubble, but no such thing is going to happen. If you've got bad habits, you're going to carry them with you. If you've got better disciplines, those will have to be guarded as well in the new year. Because wherever you go, there you are. All of your jacked-upness. Is that a word? You can use it. My compliments. It's, it's all going to join you in the new year. It's going it's to follow you right in there. And nothing could be further from the truth. And, and here's the thing. Change is a process. And process is often difficult and uncomfortable. We're we're in a process right now. We're in a process where God has shown us a desired future for, for, for the campus here at Faith Assembly Church in Winterville where it has caused us to have a season of displacement and we have had to release what was, embrace what is, with the hope of what is going to be. And I've got to tell you from where I sit, Monday through Thursday, Sunday through Thursday, Friday night, Saturday at 2 a.m., that is a daunting place to be. But it's necessary. It's essential. And in those spaces of working and waiting, you and I will face some of the fiercest spiritual battles of our lives. Because not only is process difficult and uncomfortable, warfare is difficult and uncomfortable. Some of you right now, what you need to know is that if you have resolved to do anything better, anything different with your life in 2024 than you have done in preceding years, you need to understand this, that not only are you preparing for a change, but you are preparing for warfare. Some of you may be at war right now. Some of you may be preparing for war in the new year, and you may have determined that this is your year to overcome some giants that you faced in your life, but you need to know that that means warfare. You may have purposed that this is your year to become physically or financially fit, but you need to know ahead of time that that means that you're inviting warfare into your life. You may have resolved that this is your year, that you're going to grow spiritually, that you'll be, uh, you're going to grow in your relationship with your spouse, that you're going to make more time for personal development. And please, please know ahead of time that that means that you are inviting yourself into a theater of warfare, spiritually speaking. Here's what I want you to know about warfare. How many times has history shown us that the way to win a war is to win consistent, consecutive, small battles. I I think back, I love, to, to the chagrin of my family, I love watching historical documentaries. And I've got to tell you something, there are some times that I can watch a documentary sitting in the land of the free and the home of the brave, I can watch a historical documentary about the Revolutionary War and be sitting on the edge of my seat going, are they going to make it? Because there's so much strain there's so much tension there's so much struggle between what was and the preferred future and there are times when it looks like the enemy is about to overwhelm and overtake and overcome but somewhere along the way divine providence and opportunity intersect And what seemed like an impossible situation all of a sudden turns into a great, magnificent victory. And I want to just encourage you today in that that enough seemingly insignificant battles can soon enough amount to a great victory. Every battle that you and I face is building us for something that we're not aware of we we may not see it in the moment but the weeks and the months pass and suddenly we realize that we're not as weak as we once were we're not as impulsive as we once were we're not as emotionally unstable as we once were we don't behave as immaturely as we once did and can i tell you something everything that i've just mentioned is a battle that's got to be won before we can grow and mature in the things that god has for our lives and many times we're at a stalemate in life because we've ceased to fight the battles because we've not been willing to win the day can i tell you something You may have a great vision for 2024 in your life, and that is fabulous, and I encourage it, and I applaud it. But your primary concern when January 1 comes around is not winning 2024, but winning January 1. And your primary concern on January 2 need not be winning 2024, but winning You got it. Just thrills the heart of a teacher when... Okay. Early in the scripture, we read about a promise of God, and the promise of God has a name, and the name of the promise is Canaan's land. God's chosen people have been living hundreds of years now in slavery under hard labor, being pressed on every side, more and more demanded of them each day, and they begin to call out to God and say, God, would you deliver us from this? We, we need a different future. We need a, we need a different way of life. We need a different way. It, isn't that always what leads us to a resolution? Is that we're so dissatisfied with how we're living and what our experience is in the moment that we just resolve something's got to be different and these people are living in this season of life and they said God something has got to be different you have got to have a better future for us than what we're experiencing in this moment we are a chosen generation we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation and we know that you've got more in store for us than this God said I'm going to lead you out of this land of slavery and I'm going to lead you into a good land, a large land, a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And the name, name of that land, as I said, was Canaan. Understand this. God delivered miraculously. And, and this is just something that we all need to embrace and really get down in our spirit. God delivered miraculously from Egypt's bondage. He did. I mean, it is unequivocally Inarguably, the work of God that brought them out of Egypt's bondage. But note still that they didn't walk out of Egypt and directly into Canaan. And that's where I think a lot of us get hung up in our walk of faith. Is that our expectation is that we're going to call out to God. God's going to wave a magic wand. And all of a sudden, everything that we didn't like about yesterday is going to be resolved in a moment. Can he? Yes. Does he? Well, it doesn't lend well to our maturity. In relation to Israel's experience, this is you see what's forming here. In relation to the modern believer, this is a pictorial of what God desires for you and I. Is that he wants to take us out of sin's bondage And he wants to move us towards that abundant life that he has in store for us. But the children of Israel didn't step out of Egypt and into Canaan. There were 40 years between the two. Many, many, many fierce battles along the way. And and in order to win the war and possess their inheritance, it was necessary for each battle to be faced and contended for. They, they didn't skip out and here, here's where you and I really need to grab hold of this they didn't skip out on a battle like they didn't see a battle in front of them and say you know what that's not the one that's going to take me over the, the, the border into Canaan's land so I'm going to skip this one they didn't wait till the next one and say no nope, that's, that's not the one either that's going to get me to where I, I ju- I'm just going to set it out until the big day And I think for you and I there's a forfeiture often because the battle in front of us is not the one that we see that's going to help us hit the mark in the moment in the instant so oftentimes we just we just don't engage But can I tell you something? A lack of engagement leaves us wandering in the wilderness for year after year, year after year, decade over decade. We're just wandering around going, I don't know what God's plan is for my life. I can't figure it out. God's plan for your life is to face the giant that's standing in front of you today with faith. Would that have been the preferred method? Absolutely. Is is that the method preferred by many? It sure is. It's the method preferred by me. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Is that the strategy for living that's employed by many people? It is. And I want to challenge you in that today. And I want to encourage you with this, that along this way there were many battles fought, and admittedly, not every battle was won and you're going to face some days where it seems like the adversary is overwhelming you, and it seems like you're losing, and it feels like you're losing ground, I want to encourage you to fight anyway. Fight the battle. Engage. Admittedly, while every battle was not won, there were setbacks along the way. That didn't stop their forward progress, and that's where a lot of us get get hung up is the first time that it looks like we failed in winning the year, we stop. We give up on our goals, we give up on our dreams, we give up on our pursuits, and we say, maybe next time. Maybe next time. I I have every suspicion in the world that by the end of this week, some of you will have balled up your reading plan that you were so devoted to yesterday and thrown it in the trash and said, you know what, maybe next year I can read the Bible through Therein is the struggle that many of us face. Our our failure seems so final. Every defeat that we encounter feels so fatal. And we cease to move forward after one time that we don't see the desired outcome. And you know what? We must stop each time that we don't see the desired outcome outcome for a particular situation and say god you know what this is not turning out the way that i thought it should but i'm not going to let it stop me from moving forward in jesus name these people weren't simply warring over a piece of land you need to understand that to put it in context for us today they were warring for their future and i want to invite you to war for your future I want to invite you to be at war for the marriage that God is calling you to have. I want to invite you to be engaged in war for the spiritual man or woman of God that God is calling you to be. I want to invite you into warfare for your family. I want to invite you into warfare for your church, for your community, so that we are all collectively what God is calling us to be. To war for God's preferred future for our lives. It's it's an incredible thing. Let me read read you this text here and then we're going to close. Joshua chapter 10. One particular battle for this group of people. They came up on a particular situation and Joshua began to pray and said, God, you know what? I've got to have this day. It really means a lot. We've we've got to have this day. Joshua chapter 10 and verse 12. It says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, In the sight of Israel. This is bold. This daring faith. I love it. And I, I invite you into similar things. And he says, Son, Stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till he had revenge upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there had been no day like that before or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Hang on to that just for a second. We're going we're to come back around to that. Many of us need a breakthrough moment. But we're often hoping for a future victory void of the spiritual necessities that life is demanding of us today. Now I am going to say that again many of us need a breakthrough moment but we're often hoping for a future victory void of the spiritual necessities the life is demanding of us today do you remember how jesus taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven what's next Give us what? This day? Our daily bread. Note that Jesus didn't say, "And you just ask God for this elaborate victory in the instant. He said, you ask God for the sustenance that you need today. The things for your spiritual strength, the things for your well-being that are going to encourage your heart today because today's all we've got let's just be honest today's all we've got and if we don't win today tomorrow doesn't really matter that much we, we've got to win today and I I'm going to ask you this question if God can make the Sun stand still in order for Joshua to win the battle in his day don't you think that he has the grace and the supply and the provision for your life To be able to win your battle day to day to day? If he's taking care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, how much more can he take care of your needs for today? Therefore, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own amen you lean into God today and he'll take care of getting you where you need to be tomorrow or the next year or the next year or the year after I want to invite you to stand and quickly illustrate this point today. You say, well, Pastor, how long does it take? I don't know. Studies suggest that in order to break a bad habit, how many of us resolve going into the new year that we're going to break a bad habit? Just me, okay. Maybe I'm the only one with them, I don't know. Studies show that in order to break a bad habit, it takes between 30 and 60 days. Emphasis on the word day. Day 60 doesn't matter if you're not winning days 1, 2, and 3. But day after day after day lean into the grace and the provision and the strength of Almighty God and before you know it you're at day 60 and you're standing there victorious I've heard all my life that in order to implement better habits it takes 21 days a study from the European Journal of Psychology found that it's an average of 66 days that's required to form a good habit And that can range anywhere from 18 days to 254 days. But you know what? I think I mentioned to you a few weeks ago that God's less concerned about the process than he is about the person. We get stressed out over the process and God's worried about the person. However long it takes, day after day after day, win the day. Just win the day notably these same researchers found that skipping the behavior once or not doing as well one day as you had hoped to because that's where a lot of us get hung up No, I no, 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 just missing it one day didn't, didn't have that big of an impact on the habit formation so if you want to grow spiritually commit to winning the day If you want to grow in your relationships, commit to winning the day. If you want to to break a habit, commit to winning the day. If you want to have a better relationship with with your spouse, commit to winning the day. If you want to be more financially responsible, commit to winning the day. Day after day after day, just say, God, give me this day my daily bread. Help me. God, I can't do this on my own. I'm leaning into your grace. I'm leaning into your provision. I'm relying on your strength because I can't. And I need you. And I know that if you clothe the flowers of the field and you feed the birds of the air, then you've got enough for me. And you win the day. January 1, 2, 3. You weren't ready for a math lesson this morning, but you know what comes next day after the day after and you just walk with Jesus every day and one day you're gonna turn around and look and say you know what I didn't realize how far I'd come but trusting God every day leaning into him I've realized great victories in my life amen 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 maybe maybe today Your first step is a rededication of your life or a first-time dedication of your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's where it really begins. That's where life starts. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me because I'd I'd like to do some things different in the new year. Starting with, I've been sensing the Lord pulling me in a different direction. Would you pray for me for that brand new start this morning? If that's you, would you just slip a hand up all over this place? We're going to have some folks just reach over and pray with you this morning. Secondarily, if you would say, equally as important, but if you would say this morning, Pastor, there's some things that I've been dealing with now for a long time, and i found it really hard to get any traction and to develop any momentum in my life in this area, but... I'm just I want to believe God that this is my year for forward momentum in some of these areas even some that maybe I've spoken about this morning and you say would you just believe with me that that God is going to help me that his Holy Spirit is going to empower me and if you need prayer this morning you want somebody to stand in agreement with you we've got people who are here to to minister to you this morning and help encourage you in that way so as our team leads us here in a moment of conclusion I want you, wherever you are right now, just to lift your hands to the Lord and just commit your path to Him and say, God, you know what? I know that you have a preferred future for me, and I want to pursue it, and I want you to give me the grace and the help that I need every day to get to where you're calling me to be. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day.